Join us for the 2010 Southeast Linux Fest as we once again celebrate Linux and open source software in the GNU slash South. Due to the overwhelming response last year, this year's event will be bigger, better, and longer. Stealth 2010 will take place Friday, June 11th through Sunday, June 13th at the Spartanburg Marriott at Renaissance Park in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Be there for UbuCon, Fedora Activity Day, BSDA Certification, Drupal Camp, multiple parties featuring Dual Core as well as the guys from Mystery Side Theater 3000 as Rift Tracks, and an even more expansive group of superb speakers, sponsors, and exhibitors. Self is free to attend, but hurry and register today to lock in the special discount room rate at the hotel. Register today at southeastlinuxfest.org. We survived another two weeks, and we are back. This is KB5JBV with my partner, Russ, over yonder, and you are listening to Lennox and Ham Shack. Say hello to everybody out there, Russ. Hello, everybody out there, Russ. This is me, K5TUX, from the pine forest between the peaks in north-central Arkansas. And down there in the bunker in Balt Springs is Richard, KB5JBV. Good evening, Richard. How are you? Oh, let me tell you, if life was any better, I'd have to pay somebody for it. Uh, we're starting to refer to this as not the guard shack here in, here in, in Bald Springs, Texas, but we'll get back to y'all on that. So, um, uh, what's been going on this week with you, Russ? I have been busier than a one-armed paper hanger, as the saying goes, and all of it is stuff that is not Linux and or ham radio related. Just have real life springtime things going on, but I'm still exhausted from Sunday, well, Saturday and Sunday, and I have uh, neglected both of my lawns. Hopefully we're going to get out of here a little bit quicker tonight than we have in the past few episodes. I I don't know if anybody listened to the who's listening to this has remembered a little bit from early in the last episode where Richard said something about this may be the shortest episode of Linux in the Ham Shack yet, and it wound up being an hour and 20 minutes. So I don't think this one's going to run quite that long, but we'll see what happens. Well, see, I was right. I'm not sure what happened. I was going to listen to that one this past weekend and couldn't find it. Yeah, well, remember what I just said, you know, 30 seconds ago about having all kinds of things to do? That precluded my actually editing the podcast, too. I didn't release it until yesterday. Don't be grappy. No, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be grumpy. I'm, uh, you know, Don't I've be. had a hard week. 
It'll give you wrinkles. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was put out a week late. That was yesterday on April 26th, and this is the 27th for those of you listening to this in the future. Now he's dated us. We didn't say the 27th of what? 27th of did I not say it's the 27th of April? I thought I did. Shh, shh, shh. It's a secret. 2000 and something or other. Yeah, in the future. We keep worrying we may run into the Allen of the future, but that's a whole different show. Anyway, uh, yes, I said something about it. it was going to be the shortest show ever. It turned out not to be, and that's fine because we're just going to like answer some questions and hang out and stuff. It's been a long time since we did that, and uh, this one here might just work for y'all. Oh, yeah, we're still doing that at your feedback at the end thing. So what do you got on your announcement list, Russ? I've got a few things. The first one I have is a simple one, and that's that I set up a presence for Linux in the Hamshack over at Identica. Seeing as we're trying to promote open source and that kind of philosophy, I thought we might as well go that way. And if you want to follow us over on Identica as Linux in the Hamshack, as opposed to me and or Richard, you can go to Identica slash LHS podcast, or you can search for Linux in the Hamshack while you're logged into Identica. And you can follow us over there. And I have set up a ping.fm account so that now all of our Linux in the Hamshack announcements, whenever they come out, including show postings and all that kind of thing, go to Twitter and Identica and over to Facebook as well. We do, in fact, have a Facebook page. I know I mentioned that in an earlier episode, and I don't think I've mentioned it since. But you can also find us over on Facebook. Go check us out. We're storming around all the different social networks. We're trying to get ourselves out there. And as I like to say, make sure you tell 200 of your closest friends how to find us because we are not content with our current fan base. So uh, get the word out there and uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Identica. Uh, actually, I was checking to see when I sent sent out the ping before we started the show earlier. For some reason, it looked like it didn't didn't show up on me, but uh, sure enough, it's there. So y'all go over and check out Identica. We're gonna be looking into something else too because uh, I, I discovered something called ELGG, which is supposed to be something like that, and I'm gonna uh, go play with it a little bit, and we'll get back to you on it. But yes, you can find us that way. I have a pro- profile over there. Russ has a profile over there. Yeah, it only makes sense. That's one of the reasons we use, a, I think it's freenode.com for the chat room. Anyway, I've done fell off sideways of what I was doing. Well, let, let's stop a minute because I am remiss. We need to welcome everybody in the chat room with us tonight. We got K8PZ, K9WKA, Turning Japanese. Yes, everybody Wang Chung tonight. No, it's Chinese. Anyway, let's try it again. K8PZ, KA9WKA, KD5VQD, uh, Ustreamer, 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 and V2XPL, and our old friend Ted, WA0EIR. And y'all are distracting me with the hair talk in the chat room. Stop it. So what else you got, Russ? far as announcement yeah linux in the ham shack has a prolifer- pr- proliferation of hair whether it be head hair facial hair uh, i'm not too sure about body hair i think we should probably stop there anyway what else do i have let me see 
Check us out in Dayton, May 14th through the 16th, booth 265 in the North Hall. Make sure you show up, say hello, and stop by for an interview if you happen to catch us at Dayton. And you definitely better catch us at Dayton, because we're going to be looking for you. And Richard's going to be there. Huh? And Richard's going to be there. Oh, no habla. (laughs) I, I said that with conviction, therefore you have to be there. Y'all come on down to Dayton, stop by the booth, check things out, uh, leave us a message. I'm sure Russ will have his recording equipment with him so he can, he can pick up a few, uh, uh, bumpers and ads and all kinds of crap. So y'all come on down to Dayton, um, uh, and, and see what's going on with Linux in the ham shack. All right. So, um, what else you got in the way of announcements for us? All right. I just wanted to mention again that I'll be at the Southeast Linux Fest, and that is June 11th through the 13th down in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So if you're in that area, make sure you check us out down there. Richard has said he's not going to be there, just me. And I have a speaking engagement there on Saturday. Not sure when exactly yet, but as soon as I find out, I'll let everybody know. And that's all I have to say about Southeast Linux Fest for now, anyway. Maybe one of these we days I'll actually uh, get around to writing my talk. Well, when y'all get down there, not only go track down Russ and shake his hand, but make sure that you make the rounds. Make sure you shake hands with the guys from uh, from Linux Cranks. Go on over and give uh, Dave Yates a shake. Just pick him up and shake him. In fact, if you sit there and you have dinner with Dave, he, he might be able to clue you in on the scientific facts concerning food. I, I understand that's what he does for a living, food science. Around here, food science is uh, take it out the fridge and eat it. But we're, we're, y'all go on down and see everybody down there at Southeast Linux Fest. And a special shout-out to Dave Yates since he is the brainchild behind, behind the Southeast Linux Fest. So we got to make sure he gets his just due and we swell his ego as big as humanly possible. Yes, the hardest working man in Linux podcasting, Dave Yates. Except he doesn't put out podcasts anymore, it seems like. One of my personal heroes. Well, he quit putting them out in MP3. I think he's still got a hog feed when it happens. I can listen to an hog feed. I just haven't. No, I, I think I've heard one or two recently. He did a couple of yeah. mobile uh, interviews. Yeah, he's good at that. At 60 miles an hour, of all things. In the Honda Civic. I think he's still got a Honda Civic. We digress. What else do you have on your list? <laughs> All right, well, let's do donations real quick. I got three of them, Um, and as soon as I click on the right button here, I'll be able to tell you where they're from. Lud, 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 lud. Isn't that annoying? Lud, 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 lud. It's like having Wang Chung played at you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going there. We got three donations. Yeah. Hey, the Depeche Mode's all right. Well, they have, like, two good songs anyway. So we got three donations. We got one from Peter. We got one from Walter. And we got one from Maddie. That would be little Maddie, daughter of Bill, our own Linux in the Hamshack Bill. So we want to thank everybody for the donations to our hosting. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago. Richard managed to get his noise gate from a donation from a listener. So we are putting all of our current donations into our hosting expenses. So thanks, everybody, for those donations. 
Since you brought that up, let's repeat that because it deserves a second mention. One of our listeners, uh, Jim, uh, W9GNG, uh, sent in Noisegate for, uh, for the show, my end of the show, something. And, uh, he, he, he just, it just showed up in a box. We didn't know if we wanted to call the FBI or what we were going to do, but, uh, he sent that bad boy in. He said it was one that he used to use that he really wasn't using much anymore. And, uh, we're hoping that it will definitely improve the show. And once again, thank you, Jim W9GNG. Uh, you can follow him on Facebook too, but I don't even remember what he calls himself. What I would like to ask everybody to do is donate a nickel to the Richard Pay Attention Fund because I'm so poor I can't pay attention. All right, so uh, we got all the uh, announcements out of the way, for the most part? Just for the big one left. Uh, which one's the big one? The big one is merchandise. Oh, yes. Tell them about all that lovely, lovely Linux and Hamshack stuff. Well, we got a few requests and a few questions in the past couple of weeks since the new logo has come out, and I've updated the website asking if we are ever going to have merchandise for Linux in the Hamshack, and if said merchandise would wind up being available before the Dayton Hamvention. The answer to both of those questions is yes. You can now go to printfection.com, that's printfection, P-R-I-N-T-F-E-C-T-I-O-N.com, stroke L-H-S, and find the Linux in the Hamshack merchandise store. Currently, we've got all different kinds of shirts. We've got all different kinds of drinkware, including coffee mugs, travel mugs, things like that, and a few accessories, including coasters, a tote bag, and a mouse pad. Now, you can go over to there, and the prices are, I would say, a little high, but not too bad. You can you can pick up a t-shirt for about $20. Some of the baseball jerseys and the hoodies are a little more expensive. The accessories you can pick up for anywhere from about $6 on up to about $15. And when you buy one of those items, you will be donating a pittance to Linux in the Hamshack. I believe I have our commission set to $0.99 cents for some of the cheaper items up to $1.99 for the t-shirts, hoodies, and the more expensive items. And all of the money we earn through Printfection will go towards our hosting costs, just like everything else. They're sort of like little donations. But with these donations, you get something in return. You get cool merchandise with Linux in the Hamshack logos and our tagline on the back and a reference to our website. So we get a little bit of advertising, we get a little bit of a commission, and you get some cool stuff to wear around the house or to drink your beer or coffee out of. So if you'd please go over to printfection.com stroke LHS and buy something from our store, we would really appreciate it. And I've got a surprise for anyone who shows up at the Dayton Hamvention, either carrying or wearing some of our Linux in the Hamshack gear. I'm not going to say what that is yet or what kind of prize I might award for scoping out people who are wearing some of our stuff, but be aware that if you're at the Dayton Hamvention wearing or carrying something of ours from the Printfection store, you could win a prize. 
Oh my God. Y'all go on over to print fiction and, and check it out everybody. Because, uh, I guarantee you, not only will this be good quality stuff with a brand new, wonderful logo on it, which I is actually starting to grow on me quite a bit. Uh, well, it's one of the few things it has. Anyway, uh, it, it's actually beginning to, to be absolutely wonderful for me. You're helping out the show. You're helping out yourself. You're not getting arrested for indecent exposure. Why is yeah, it that you not never... with Linux in the ham shack? Um, with but... other show, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, go on out there, check it out, buy our stuff. Why don't you okay. ever like the stuff that I do at the beginning? Why does everything have to grow on you? Because I don't like anything. Actually, it just shocked me because I went over there one day and I didn't know you'd done it. And I'm like, am I at the wrong website? What happened to the red? <laughs> Actually, I like the green better. I like to keep people on their toes. And there's a comment in the chat room from a Ustreamer who says that we don't have hoodies. But we have hooded sweatshirts, which I consider a hoodie. Is that not a hoodie? It doesn't have a zipper. Um, I don't believe Printfection offers a true hoodie, but you can get a hooded T-shirt, or I'm sorry, a hooded sweatshirt. Russ is fighting with the people in the chat room. Now. I'm not fighting. I'm trying to. I'm trying to sell a hoodie. <laughs> Ooh, I see. There is another comment in the chat room stating that we do not currently have hats, and that is very true. Printfection.com does not currently support headwear of any kind. No cowboy hats, no ski masks, no ball caps, or anything like that. We will be getting that kind of stuff in the future. I will just be doing it a different way. I haven't figured out how yet, but at some point we will have caps and hats and other kinds of headgear, so stay tuned for that. We'll let you know when it happens. Yeah, we will definitely do that because Rich is going to have to have a hat. Now, uh, one of the reasons I was told print, print fiction what the we're using the place we're using is because i use cafe press and they don't like fat guys and unfortunately when you sit at a computer uh, operate amateur radio equipment and that kind of stuff fat guy is part of the job now all i'm the only upset that i got over the whole thing is i can't get a kilt but i'm gonna keep my eyes open we're going to get a Linux and Ham Shack kilt and goalie mask. And we're going to do everything we can to just scare the bejesus out of everybody when we start going places again. All right. So have we got anything else on the wonderful, lovely, super fantastic, gotta have it, Linux and Ham Shack merchandise? Just that perfection, like you say, has a great range of sizes. They have colors from just about every shade of the rainbow. And some of those colors go all the way from youth smalls to 5X adult. Places like Cafe Press and other stores don't have that kind of variety. So we want to make sure that everybody who wants a shirt can get one. And so head on over to printfection.com, stroke LHS. We would really appreciate it. And again, tell your closest 200 friends where to go. They can all use a shirt. When Russ cuts all the extraneous extra stuff out of the show, it's only going to be about three minutes long. But we're going to move forward. And uh, do you have anything else, Russ, before I take off on a, a tangent? Nope, that's all I've got for announcements and the beginning of the show kind of stuff. So we probably need to slip a break in here before you go ranting. 
Well, we should probably do that. I got a couple things, but we can do them after the break. So, y'all pay close attention to the music. It may just be for you.
Okay, and we're back. All righty. Uh, we had a few more things, and we're going to talk a few minutes about that, and then we're going to move on to some other stuff, and then we might give you some information, but we might not give you some information, and then we might move on to something else. We might stop, run around the building, screaming and hollering, um, and then we might do something else, but I'm not sure. But at the moment, now for something completely different. An audio fire drill. There you go. I'm sorry. An audio Chinese uh, fire drill. <laughs> for you guys that listen to the show and also listen to the other show or and, and or have listened to the other show, uh, let me give you all an update on what's going on with that. Uh, we are in the process of preparing to go back into production. However, we still have the same server issue that we've had that had us move the Linux and Hamshack site to another location. I've secured another location. I'm having some issues getting the RSS feeds up and squared away. If any of you are familiar with the uh, directory structure, the way to get at your files, actually get at your files and point to them over at GoDaddy.com, I could use some help. Uh, please contact me via my email. And uh, we're going to use the Gmail email at this time or the Linux and Hamshack email over at Gmail. It's kb5jbv at gmail.com, kb5jbv at gmail.com. And we are working on that. There will be new episodes. Uh, I've spent some time figuring out what we need to do to get all this started and going again. And we're going to make it happen because we know y'all miss the show. Why? I have no idea. But y'all miss it. Y'all want it. We're going to make it happen. So uh, y'all y'all keep up to date on that. Y'all check the feed over at Linux and the Ham Shack. That's probably where we'll post announcements when the, uh, the new site goes online. Uh, you won't notice the feed being moved if you're uh, downloading it through iTunes because I will just change something further back upstream and it will switch right over. It, it happened that way last time I moved it. So, uh, yeah, if any of y'all have any experience with a hosting account over at GoDaddy, let me know. Uh, you got anything uh, to add to that, Russ? I have a hosting account over at GoDaddy.com. I might be able to help you out with that. Well, actually, uh, I'm going to talk to you about that in a little bit because uh, they tell me there's ways to do stuff. <laughs> anyway, y'all y'all, uh, y'all keep up. Uh, go check. Uh, come over to Linux in the Ham ch- Shack and uh, check out the notices and stuff. We'll keep everybody posted on what's going on. And uh, our faithful, faithful folks, I'm sure, will spread, spread the word. Uh, resonant frequency is not dead. It's just taking a nap. All right. And let's see what else we got on the list here. We got, uh, Ubuntu 10.04 is coming out. It will be coming out on April 30th. And, uh, Russ is already running a beta. I think he said, I'm, I'll let him talk about it in a minute. Or I may not. And I have told everybody that it's a good thing that Ubuntu 10.04 is coming out on April 30th. That means that I will be ready to give y'all a review on it in September. Because I learned a long time ago with that other operating system, you sure don't want to put it on your computer when you first get it. And uh, occasionally, with some of the Linux distributions, I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to cast any dispersions. They've had a similar issue first couple of months so you're already running ubuntu 10.04 uh what do you think think of it russ 
I decided the other day that I was going to do an upgrade to my computer here, the one that I'm sitting in front of right now. I was going to upgrade from Linux Mint 7 to Linux Mint 8, but then there was all of this talk about Ubuntu 10.04. So I thought, well, instead of upgrading to Mint 8, I will upgrade to 10.04. At the time I decided to do that, the Beta 2 version was what was out, so that's what I upgraded to. The thing about the 10.04 release is it has all of the things that people have been talking about that were updated for this version, including the lavender background, the new font for the logo and all that kind of stuff. They have implemented the software center and a few of the other things. There's a couple of things that I can say about Ubuntu 10.04 as opposed to 9.10, which is what I'm using on my computer at work. The first thing about 10.04 that I noticed is that, as far as boot time is concerned, it is lightning fast. Once I get past the post on my computer, my computer will boot from Grub to a usable X session in about 12 seconds, which is about the fastest thing I have ever seen. Unfortunately... Once the computer is actually booted and I log into my X session, everything tends to be as slow as dirt. So the performance has gone away between 9.10 and 10.04 beta 2. I'm not sure what they've done to make that problem occur, but that's the way it is for me. Things have been not horrible but I am definitely not enjoying the performance of 10.04 right now. I'm running what I usually run on the system. I've got screen with an IRSSI session and a tiny fugue session. I've got a browser. I've got some Tomboy notes, a couple of terminals, and Mozilla Thunderbird running. And, of course, I have the extensions for Compass running. And everything seems to be okay, but I have definitely noticed a performance degradation between 9.10 and 10.04. Like I said, the boot time, really, really fast. Puts puts 9.10 to shame. And all earlier versions of Ubuntu and practically every other Linux operating system I've seen. So they've definitely made some improvements there. Those improvements have obviously been at the expense of improvements to general operating system performance. While the system is still usable, and I actually like some of the new color schemes and themes and window decorations and some of that stuff, I haven't been too happy with the system overall. And, of course, there's the button issue where they moved the window buttons to the left-hand side of the windows and made them a lot like uh, Mac OS X, which I also use, but when I use a Linux system... I tend to think of the buttons being on the right-hand side, so I actually had to go into the gconf editor and move them back over to the right. Once I did that, everything was pretty cool. 10.04 has a ways to go. Hopefully, by the time it's actually released, they will fix some of these problems that I've noticed. I haven't had anything really crash, so I'm not seeing a lot of in the way of bugs, but there are definitely some performance issues that need to be addressed. And I suppose I should stop saying the word performance at this point because everybody's probably about to hit me. So anyway, uh, that's that's my uh, short-sighted review of 10.04 Beta 2. If anyone has any comments in the chat room or anything like that, we will certainly pass them on. But 
Richard isn't running it yet, so we'll get his review, oh, long about September 15th. Yeah, long about later. Well, I don't put them on. I always have problems with upgrades. You know, a week or so back, I went ahead and finally upgraded to a 910 on the machine that uh, I watch y'all in the chat room on while we're doing the podcast. First time ever. I started with Hedgehog, all right? Maybe it was before that. But uh, first time ever I was able to do an upgrade without completely wiping the drive and having to start over again. So, as far as performance issues, apparently Ubuntu needs to come out with something uh, similar. uh, Well, we can call it the Viagra patch. The Viagra patch, which will increase performance in your Ubuntu 10.04. Now, he's going to end up cutting all of this, and I don't want to know why, because I haven't said yet or bite me. But he's going to end up cutting all of this, because I'm talking about the Viagra patch. Man, the mind just boggles. Anyway, uh, I'll get it put in as soon as I can, and uh, uh, we'll we'll be able to talk about it more. Uh, as far as performance issues, you know, Ubuntu. Uh, my understanding. Oh, wait a minute, I forgot. We pronounce it on this show uh, Ubuntu. It's been going that direction. Hopefully, they'll get it squared away before the end of the month or shortly thereafter. But uh, we, we will keep you posted on what's going on with that. Okay, we've done Ubuntu and that kind of stuff. GoDaddy, we did that. Nari Podcast, we did that. Anybody in the chat room experience any issues, uh, anything? Like I said, this is going to be a short one. And in fact, no. Yeah, anybody got any uh, questions, issues, suggestions, something before we go to feedback? Everybody has Cheers. fallen asleep. Bye. It's it's Bye. like a light a light rain, uh, a day for sleeping. It's cool outside. Water is dripping from the eaves. The wind is blowing lightly, and the chat room has fallen off the face of the universe. Traffic is backed up on the I-5 this morning for your drive-in to work in the greater metropolitan area. We'll be back in just a moment. Live from the 50-state area, this is WLHS. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We've got a question in the chat room from V2XPL. Um, actually, this came up before the show started, and uh, thank goodness he reminded me before we went to went to the last break. Um, V2XPL was asking me, he's, uh, he's got a P2 500 megahertz machine, and he was wondering what flavor of Linux... He should put on there. Uh, we were discussing it, and if y'all remember, those of y'all who have been keeping up over the past shows, and uh, I'm going to get back on that laptop situation. I have a laptop that is about 500 megahertz, doesn't have, it has like 256 megs of memory and stuff in it, that I was setting up with Linux, and I was having some issues, and I finally found a copy of the uh, copy of Linux that was working for me, a distro that was working on this machine, and finally got it going. Now, I'm a big fan of this because I tried uh, uh, Zubuntu, Zubuntu, whatever the little one is. It's, I think it's, yeah, with a XFC interface and all that good stuff. And I even tried Ubuntu on there and everything else, and it just uh, nothing. So I went out there and did some research. I was actually looking for Puppy Linux, which is a very small distro, and I was going to get it on there and see if I got any kind of uh, performance gain and and see if it would work any better. 
And unfortunately, everywhere I looked, it looks to me like Puppy Linux has either slowed way down on the uh, development or may have come to a stop completely. Somebody uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. You send emails to correct me to k5tux at lhs.info. Uh, what we ended up finally landing on was Crunch Buying Linux. Now, we didn't stop, we didn't actually, uh, land on Crunch Buying Linux, but they make a light version. It's called Crunch Buying Linux Lite. And, uh, Crunch Buying Linux Lite is running, I can't even remember what the, what the window manager is on it, but it's very, very small. And it has allowed me to get the thing set up. I can load uh, some of the uh, DRATS digital software on there and run it without any real problems. There's uh, a stripped down, what looks like a stripped down copy of uh, Firefox on there, which is called Medora, Midori, something, these little bitty thing. Uh, you got Conky up on the desktop, which can be configured, and you set up your hotkeys and stuff, and it, it looks kind of cool when you get it working right. And all this on a 500 megahertz Pentium that, like I said, it's only got, I think it's 256 megs of memory. It's only got like three, four, five gigs of uh, hard drive space, and it's going to suit my purposes. And where that's concerned, those of y'all that have been following this project, I'm going to reboot and start again. Uh, I'm going to start from the beginning, try and make notes, that kind of stuff, and get y'all a more complete type tutorial uh, going on for that laptop. So now I've run my head a few minutes. I'm sure Russ has an opinion. Uh, Russ, uh, we've talked about that laptop before. Uh, do you think this is going to work out in this gentleman's situation? I sure think it is. That'd be the direction I would go. Either try CrunchBang with the open box window manager or a CrunchBang Lite, Zubuntu, maybe even one of the netbook remixes. Or even uh, try, like, DSL, which, by the way, means damn small Linux, not digital subscriber line, for those who might be curious. Any of those would probably be good. And any standard distribution that has something like FVWM or XFCE or one of the other lightweight window managers would probably work. Or you could even install Debian without X at all, and that would probably work as well. Any of those are good options, and Richard has had good success, as he's already said, with his Zubuntu. Well, he had limited success with Zubuntu, and he had excellent success with CrunchBang Lite on his similarly powered machine. So you've already had a bench test there as far as that goes on similar hardware. If you choose to go that route, you will probably find yourself uh, with, a su- with a successful install on your older machine. Well, there you go. And, you know, that's one of the things, one of the things that made me settle on, uh, on the crunch buying is it's easy, ease of installation. It's not as easy as some of the bigger distributions, but the big distributions won't fit. Uh, you put the disc in, you hit install, it'll ask you a few questions and you're on your way. You just have to kind of learn the interface because if you are coming over from another operating system, it's going to take you a little bit to get used to. Well, just like it, if you were going over to a Mac from Windows, you would have to get used to the interface. Same thing if you were going the other direction. DSL, I'm not, I don't remember why it is I didn't put DSL on there. There was an issue with uh, getting it installed or, 
or something. Uh, Zubuntu, even though it's supposed to be lighter than Ubuntu, I really couldn't tell the difference in uh, the actual speed, and it looked to me like the uh, the memory, it was using almost as much memory. I'm not sure what was going on with that. And, in fact, I'm not even using the full-size version of CrunchBang. I'm using CrunchBang Lite, which has some stuff not in it, which makes it lighter. Problem is, with this older equipment like this, you have to pretty much figure out what's best for you in your specific situation. Uh, it turned out that CrunchBang Lite was the one that I decided to go with because it suited most of the things I needed to do at that time. I don't remember if I was able to get any of my programming software up and running on it. I haven't haven't actually touched that machine in a, in a while, but I need to get it up here on the desk and take a look at it and see what's going on with it. But uh, for those of y'all that have been kind of following this project, like I said, I'm going to go back to square one. I'm going to start figuring out everything that I've done so far, get it where we can do a more uh, thorough type tutorial on it, and uh, get everybody moving that direction. Because even with this situation that I've got going with this laptop now, I decided to go the uh, DRATS direction with it. When I get through with that at some point, I'm probably going to figure out how to get my digital interface hooked, my interface hooked up to it so I can run digital on HF. So y'all stay tuned, and uh, we will get to it more. And before I forget, as far as... Uh, Email, surfing the internet, that kind of stuff. Any machine that doesn't have a lot of memory is going to be difficult. Uh, not impossible, but difficult. As I said, Midori is very, it's very stripped down. It is, is, uh, Firefox, but it's stripped way down. As far as email is concerned, that's a little bit easier because there's a lot of good email clients out there, even if you have to do your email from the command line, which uh, there's a couple of a couple of things out there which will allow you to do that. Memory is a consideration just like it would be with any other operating system. Make sure you know specifically what you want to do before you start uh, going that direction. All right, Russ, do you have anything else to add? I just want to add that I would definitely stick to one of the Debian installs because they tend to be the easiest, whether you go with Debian or Ubuntu or Zubuntu or even Mint or something like that. But I will say that I have a variant of Debian. I don't remember which version it is. I think it's Debian 3.0, which was a later version of Potato, running on a P5100. That's an original Pentium 5, 100 megahertz with 128 megs of RAM and a 20 gig hard drive. And that was being used as a web file and IRC bot server for a lug that I was involved in five or six years ago. So if it can run on that, you can sure run it on a P2500. I guarantee it. Well, there you go. All righty. You know, I almost forgot about the, the button issue. I was listening to some, one of the podcasts. Uh, it was Peter. Peter Nicolaitis was, uh, raising Kane about the, the buttons being on the wrong side. Is that really that big an issue, Russ? Apparently it was a big issue. Uh, mostly because the arrangement of the buttons was so ludicrous. It was unlike any other system. It wasn't like Windows. It wasn't like Mac OS. And the change seemed so completely arbitrary that everyone was up in arms about it. But now that they've changed it to be the same as the Mac OS buttons, 
people have kind of cooled off about it. Only macOS, to me, needs the buttons on the left. Even when I first fired this up and saw that the buttons were the same, every time I wanted to close a window, I couldn't find the... Well, I could find the buttons, but my I instinctively went to the right-hand side of the window. So I had to move everything back the way it was. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's my understanding. Not only did they move them to the other side, but they mirrored them. The, uh, the X was on the left. The uh, underscore was on the right. It's just a big old mess. So I think we should probably take a break before we go to feedback, since that's probably going to be the uh, all we have left for this particular show. What do you think? Sounds good. This will be the LHS Music Hour. Yeah, there you go. Uh, LHS. All the, mu- all the music all the time. WCOJ, Coatesville, Westchester, where the static is. Well, I'm going to throw in some music. I guess we'll start talking when it ends. <laughs>
Okay, and we're back. Now, I know y'all love that music, but we're going to get this feedback out of the way. We're going to take ourselves down to the wire, and once again, I said this is going to be one of the shortest episodes ever. Now, I keep saying that because if I say it every time I've said it, it's been one of the longest. So we're going to keep talking. We're going to keep saying it and see, uh, actually, when we go into eight hours or at least, uh, probably three movies of three hours each or whatever, uh, then we'll be giving Peter Jackson a run for his money. All right. So, uh, let's, uh, do what little feedback we got, Russ. What you got over there? Well, I've got a couple of audio feedback items that we can do. And uh, one of them actually comes with a written version as well. So do we want to tackle that? Because that's pretty much all I've got. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Let me read the email that goes with the first voicemail first, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. In the last episode, we got an email from Daniel, or Dan, and he didn't have a call sign yet. He asked us about compatibility of Linux on different machines and where to go for more information about that kind of thing. And we answered his question, but he has written us again, and since that time, he has actually taken his technician test and passed it, so he has a call sign, and he tells us what his call sign is in the voicemail, but here's the email part. He says, Hello, Russ. Glad you and Richard mentioned Frostbite Systems. I talked with Jonathan, who runs that company. My next new computer will come from there. But first, I will try Linux before getting that. Where may I get recordings to learn code? Although it is not required, I still want to pick it up. Now, Richard can probably talk a little bit about where to get recordings or applications for code, if he's still paying attention. I was paying attention. I thought you were still talking. Well, no, I thought you'd just kind of throw in your answer for where he can get some software or recordings for code. Well, the interesting bit about code code types, code recordings is most of the ones out there are put out by commercial companies and they're going to want you to they're going to expect you to pay money. Uh one of your best bets is since you uh have apparently become a new ham and we're very happy for that, uh get with your local club. Once you get with your local club or somebody in in your area that is ham radio operator, there's lots of ways that you can go about it. They can record it off, record CW, slower CW off the air for you. They can uh, make some recordings for you. They may have some tapes that you can borrow for a uh, a length of time. Uh, mostly the audio recordings are one of the best ways to go because of Morse code being a an auditory thing. It's best to learn it that way sometimes. Uh, as far as software is concerned, in fact, I had a question over on, uh, over in the chat room not too terribly long ago. In fact, while we were doing the podcast here, where a gentleman was asking, uh, you know, what's available in Linux for that kind of stuff. The only thing I was able to locate in the repositories for uh, the machine I was looking on, which is an Ubuntu machine, would be a program called CWCP. And I really haven't had any chance to, an opportunity to work with it or take a good look at it. However, it appears to be a command line tool, which is an interactive Morse code tutor program. And I'm reading the description to you right now. It allows menu selection from a number of sending modes and also permits character sounding options, uh, such as uh, the tone and the pitch and the speed, you'll be able to change these things. Uh, they can, they can be varied from the keyboard using a, uh, 
a full screen user interface. Now, this is not exactly a GUI program. Uh, there's also another one which is, uh, appears to be a front end for the same program if you're running one of the, uh, variants of Linux that runs the KDE operating system or the KDE uh, window manager. Yeah. It's, it's been a week, y'all. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a good place to start. Check out on the web. Everybody that uh, listens to me regularly here in the other show knows that I am a super firm believer in search engines because you can acquire a lot of information really quickly that way. But these are the routes that I would suggest you go on the, uh, on the code tapes at this time. Back to you, Russ. Okay, well, Dan also sent us that voicemail that I mentioned where he talks about this and that, the other thing, and his call sign, so perhaps we ought to listen to that and see if we have anything to say about it when we get done. Sure. All right, well, here's our voicemail from Dan, and we want to thank you very much, Dan, for calling our numbers, and we'll give you everybody more information about that just before we wrap up the show. So here's Dan. Hello, Russ. My name is Danny. Thank you for the positive comments. I just wanted you to know that uh, Frostbite Systems will get my business as soon as I'm ready for a new computer. I think first I'm going to try an old box with Linux on it just to get the idea of how to work it before I jump into getting a new box. And I've got my ticket. You may have gotten my email about that. My ticket is for the tech license, of course. And the call sign is... Kilo Juliet for Uniform Hotel India. That's a mouthful. Anyway, I was very happy to get it, as you can imagine. So I will keep you posted on how things go. And um, I took the test a few weeks ago and got my call sign about a couple weeks ago, I think. So I don't know when you produce the show, but I'm very happy to let you all know about that. And um, keep keep your show going. It's really good, and I'll talk to you later, I hope. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, KJ4UHI. That's Dan, and thank you very much for your voicemail comments, Dan. We really appreciate that. And congratulations on getting your ticket. And since we're about listening to audio feedback right now, why don't we listen to one from Gary, K2YK, since we just finished up with the one from Dan, which I believe was KJ4UHI, if I remember correctly. So let's listen to Gary's voicemail, and we'll let Richard comment on the other side. Hey, Russ. Hey, Richard. How are you guys doing? This is Gary, K2YK, that runs Random Oscillations. Hey, I just wanted to let you know I picked up one of your T-shirts, and I really like the new logo. It looks great. Looking forward to getting it probably in about a week or so. The other thing I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about, or ask you guys about, I should say, is that, you know, I run a ham radio store. It's kind of like a front end to eBay where I collect up all good ham radio gear that's, you know, up to sale and auction. And I was wondering if there's some way that, uh, you know, I could do some advertising on Linux and the Hamshack doing your podcast. Always uh, good to check out the website and see what's going on, guys. 
and um, getting still getting caught up on podcasts, but I'm almost up to uh, 35. Talk to you soon, and we'll be seeing you. 7-3-K-E-2-Y-K. Well, actually, at this point in time, Russ and I have not actually discussed um, advertising and that kind of stuff. Uh, we're still in that, you know, we're in that gray area between amateur radio and Linux, and uh, uh, actually, it's probably something that we should take some time to discuss. And we guarantee, I guarantee that we will uh, keep you apprised of what all's going on in that situation. Um, at this time, I, 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 that one came kind of off guard because I really don't hear the voicemails before we start recording the show. What's your opinion, Russ? I don't really have an opinion yet. It, it's definitely something we should talk about and definitely get, uh, Gary in and talk with him about it and see if we want to kind of go the sponsorship route. I know when I did the, the banner that we're going to have at the Dayton Hamvention, I put on it everybody who sent us a donation as a sponsor, quote-unquote. But that's sort of a different thing, sending donations in and actually having paid sponsorship on the show. So we'll have to kick that one around and figure out how we're going to proceed with that in the future, whether we're going to do it, not do it, so on and so forth. But I would like to say that thank you very much for buying a shirt and in so doing, donating to the show. I think he was the very first person to go there and uh, pick up pick up one of the baseball jerseys uh, almost within minutes of my posting about the store being in existence. Thanks very much, uh, Gary, K-E-2-Y-K, and I sure hope it is Gary. I probably should check that. Gary, we sure do appreciate you coming and coming to us with this, and we appreciate that uh, you're you're paying attention, helping promote, and buying our stuff. And like I said, we will get back to you on this. There you go, folks. Everybody in the chat room, everybody listening on to the podcast. An ethical question brought to you by the folks at Linux in the Ham Shack. <laughs> well, maybe not ethical, but it's actually something Russ and I really haven't discussed. Uh, I was considering advertising it to other show. But uh, that show falls, it doesn't fall so close to the line as this one does. But we will get back to y'all on that. And uh, when we do, if we decide to go that direction, we will have a have have a schedule available so that uh, uh, folks can check it out. All right, so uh, have we got anything else for us? I just got one quick one from Mark, KC4GIA. And he says, on the Zune subject which came up in the last episode. You asked for my distro. He's using Linux Mint 8. I've read varying accounts about running the Zune software under Wine. I'd rather have a true Linux alternative, but may have to try that route. I guess I should have bought the iPod. It seems to have some Linux support. Oh well, choose your evil empire. Thanks, Mark, KC4GIA. And from what I've done... Or from the research that I've done and from what I've seen on the net, most everybody who wants to sync up their Zune is either using the Zune sync software underwine or they're setting up a virtual box or a VMware virtual machine and running Windows to do the syncing. I have not seen anything in my looking around on the net that shows a native Linux application that has support for the Zune at this time. I wish I had better news for you, and if I'd come across anything, we'll definitely let you know in email and in a future show. But for right now, if you've got a Zoom, you're probably stuck. 
And unless Richard has something different about that, well, I mean, I'm not so much as having something different. Uh, there are people out there trying to, uh, uh, figure out ways to run the Zoom. And, uh, there's several good tutorials out there. I really don't have a Zoom and haven't dealt with one much, but I will tell you that the iPods, not all they cracked up to be on, uh, on Linux for sure. I've been trying to get my, uh, podcast going, going the right direction on that for months. And the only reason I have them is I received them, uh, uh, as gifts. One was a Father's Day present. One was for something else. My way to deal with it was when I started purchasing my own because I needed a couple, a couple of more audio players. I went with something else, uh, Sansa Clip, if ever, for those of you who have been paying attention. I see there's a couple of tutorials. Uh, the one I'm looking at is, uh, at ubuntusite.com and it's more about docking the Zoom in Linux Mint. At this point in time with the Zoom, we're going to have to find out more about it. And if any of our listeners are running Zooms under Linux, please get in touch with us on this. This is information we could probably get spread around to everybody. But um, as it stands right now, you may just have to do as Russ says, figure out, see if you can run the Zoom software under Wine. We'll get a uh, virtual machine going and running the uh, Zoom software under the operating system it's supposed to run under and uh we keep talking about wine and stuff but we uh there's also crossover which is uh uh definitely more compatible with a lot of stuff than uh than windows is um i'm not missing anything on that end of it am i russ not that i'm aware of okay unfortunately it's the same problem we had with the apples nowadays are the uh, iPods nowadays you know if worse comes to worse you can always put rockbox on a on an iPod and get it where it's at least usable but uh as far as the uh, zooms are concerned i'm really going to have to check into those more i did see several articles that talked about zooms the other way around instead of running a linux based software to sync your zoom i saw Plenty of information that says your Zune can run Linux, so I don't know if that might be an option. Um, I'm not sure if it's a Rockbox kind of thing or an actual Linux distribution, but you may want to check it out. You can Google for it. There's there's tons of articles on the web about it. And if it actually can run Linux, then you might be able to turn it into an MP3 player that runs Linux, and therefore you won't have to worry about syncing it up with your typical Zune software because it'll be a Linux box. And one more thing, let me add this. Uh, one of the things we probably wouldn't do normally, but in the case of the Zune, uh, there is a, uh, a board over at Zune Boards, uh, www.zuneboards.com, which is a, a forums, a, um, uh, a bulletin board where you can go over there and look around, and there's some help to be had there. It appears there's a couple of uh, how-tos and tutorials and stuff going on over there and where they are talking about specifically Linux Mint. And it's, uh, maybe this can get you pointed in the right direction. We will check into this, and I will make a note of it since I have so many scraps of paper going on here right now, and we will get back to you on this subject. What else have we got, Russ? I'm down to the bottom of the barrel. That, that's yeah, it. To the bottom of the barrel. And unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to, well, actually, I haven't seen any emails come in this week, except the one I got yesterday from Russ. So 
Uh, we're going to have to kind of throw it open for these last few minutes of the show. Uh, you folks in the, uh, in the chat room, and unfortunately everybody I'm seeing in there is pretty knowledgeable and pretty up to speed, but we'll give it a shot anyway. Any of you folks in the chat room have, uh, any questions or anything like that, uh, before we, uh, call it a night? Oh, wait, wait. Here we go. That is. Everybody sick of this yet? I think we probably are. Please stand by. All right, I'm going to count backwards from seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, show's over. Let's wrap it. And guess what? After 36 episodes, well, actually, if you count the two OSCON things, this is episode number 39. Uh-huh. But anyway, after 38 episodes, I'm going to do this first. If you want to contact me, you can email me at k5tux at lhspodcast.info. You can email Richard and I simultaneously at info at lhspodcast.info. You can send us a voicemail at 888-455-0305 or 417-429-4069. And just like we did tonight, we will air those voicemails unless you tell us not to. You can follow me using J.R. Woodman on Identica, MySpace, FriendFeed, Foursquare. Oh, what's that other one? Uh, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Go on to all those social networking sites. Find me, J.R. Woodman. Use K5TUX at 73s.org. Send me an email. Go to lhspodcast.info, post a comment on the website. Check out the website for interesting articles from users and listeners for all the information you need about the show. And go to printfection.com stroke LHS to get merchandise. Make sure you tell 200 of your closest friends about the show. See us in Dayton. See us at Southeast Linux Fest. See us everywhere. And don't forget to keep listening to the show. I think that's about it from up here in the pine forest between the peaks in north central Arkansas. So why don't you sign off from down there in the bunker? See y'all, he stole my thunder, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you want to get a hold of me, please direct your inquiries to kb5jbv at gmail.com. That's the temporary place. We'll get back to it. kb5jbv at gmail.com. If you want to send it to both of us, send it to the other place that Russ Dunn said a while ago. And (laughs) you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Identica, uh, Bebop, Jibo, Jam Woodle, and all this other stuff because there's thousands of places. I just went out and went nuts one day and signed up for everything. Uh, KB5JBV, KB5JBV, type me in the search engine. You'll be able to find me. I'm all over the place. So with that, we're going to be back in about two weeks. And um, I guess since he already did everything else, I guess I'll just say this is KB5JBV in the land of blood. And this is Russ, K5TUX, outside the land of blood. Blood, 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 blood. And we'll see you all next time. Blood night. <laughs>